What's going on people and today is definitely a good day for real man it's been a good week you know what I mean started a new contract everything is yeah everything's been going well you know like listen you, you have the typical issues like IT is just been a bit crazy you know but to be honest i i can't remember any when i have started and you know out the gate i've just been out to you know just jump on and get going on all my stuff you know there's always been some sort of issue with it and having access to something and you know so yes you know that i think that's just part and parcel but i have to say like a lot of places i've been there's there's been not no handover or if there is a handover it's been a day or two days so um yeah this is the first spot where i'm getting a whole week of handover so that that's pretty decent and um yeah it's just like all the people I've met so far have been really, really cool and friendly. Now, trust me, I know how quickly that shit can go south. But um, I've got a good feeling that, you know, I, you know, I mean, I think things will be cool. And, um, you know, the, um, you know, the girl I'm replacing is jokes. Like, yeah, she's hilarious. And, um, you know, so I'm going to tell you what happened when we first met so um I, I went for a meeting in one of our other offices so i came to meet her i was just told to um ask for this girl i wasn't given her surname so i've got to reception i'm like yo could um is a thing here and then they're like oh do you have a surname i'm like um no uh just foul is, like is she around and yeah so we like there's a lot to and fro in and everything like that and finally she came down to meet me but she's on the phone and she's just like hi are you kevin i'm like yeah and she's like um okay um all right i, I i'm just on a call so you could, like I'm, I'm not being rude but can you just bear with me so she was like yeah just follow me and so we're in the lift and i'm just hearing her go uh-huh uh-huh um is is this right though I, I i are you sure oh oh um but i'm at work ah i don't know what to oh okay okay um oh but this sounds this sounds a bit what are you how much money do you want and i'm just like I mean, I think this is sounding a bit dodgy. This is sounding dodgy. And, um, and then, <laughs> then she's just like, um, can, can I just, can you just hold with me for a second? And she's like, the, the, the tax man wants a lot of money off of me. I, I have to pay the money now. I'm like, it's a scam. Hang the phone up. It's a scam. And then she's just like, Look, but I'm at work. Like, what, what, what can I do? I don't know what to do. And, um, then they 
they shout at her a bit and then they hang up and she's like I'm really worried I think I owed a tax man a lot of money and they've they've threatened that you know there, there's an arrest warrant out for me and um you know the police are gonna come and arrest me and they're gonna tell you know my employees and everything like that that I'm a criminal I was like yeah and they they want me to pay I forget how much money it was I mean something like three grand or something something silly and um I'm like yo it's a scam like no one asks for money like that no one would shout at you like that especially the tax man and then um when we're talking one of her colleagues she's like um yeah it is a scam <laughs> and she was like there's an there was an article about it or i think it was on the bbc website and um yeah so basically what's going down is people are calling like people up like the, these scammers are calling people up and they're saying that you owe the tax man x amount of money and that they've sent a couple of letters they've had no response and now it's 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 gonna go to the courts but they don't want to take it to the courts because they can see that you know this is your first kind of offense so if you can do an out-of-court settlement you know they'll brush it away and they won't make any other like big deal out of it but if you do not pay if you do not pay this money now they are going to um send the police around to get you they're going to tell your workplace and your colleagues that you're a criminal and all this crazy shit and um she's just like oh, i was i was so worried i didn't know what was going on i'm like yo but you're you're you know what i mean the the organization you work at they cover your tax you know you're not self-employed so this isn't really anything that would ever come to you you know and especially in this manner because i knew a guy once whose workplace like his boss it was just this retail shop he was working at and his boss was a bit of a crooked fucker and he wasn't paying his tax so then the tax man finally get in touch with this dude and we're like, yo, you, we've had no tax for you for like a year and a half. So what's going to happen? Because <laughs> we need to work this out. And that's the thing. So they waited a year and a half before they contacted him. And then even then they weren't like, right, you're coming, to, you're going to get in a restaurant straight away. They, they were working out a sort of repayment situation and, you know, it was a whole thing. So I said, that's what I said to him. I'm like, look, they're never going to like demand all of this money straight out the gate. They're not going to call you a criminal. And if they're saying they've sent two two letters, two letters, and it gets escalated like this, that never happens. So it's, it's crazy. But basically, I saved the day because she was like, if I hadn't had to come and meet you, I, I, I probably would have paid it. I would have probably paid this because I was so damn worried. So I think this is the second week in a row that I've basically been a hero. I mean... 
God damn it. We're, we're not even at the end of January. And I'm basically kicking this year in the ass. I, you know what I mean? I'm saving days. It's it's pretty remarkable. I, I think it is pretty remarkable. But people, in all seriousness, do not... Do not... Give your money away to some fraudster motherfucker who's ringing you up. If someone's shouting at you, say, look, I need to verify this. You know what I mean? Because that's the thing. This is the, whole, the whole situation is they want to keep you off balance. Now, if you're off balance, you're not thinking straight. If you're not thinking straight, there is a big possibility of you handing over a lot of your hard-earned money so if anyone calls you and says you owe this money and you have to pay it now otherwise you're going to jail nah nah see just hang up and you know because like if it's a tax man if it's a bank go online get customer service of that organization give them a call and say look I just wanted to verify, do I owe you money? Like, what's the situation? I've just had this call. And I bet 99.9% of the time, they will say, we know nothing about this. Yeah, that is a fact. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the big crazy, that's the crazy of this week, really. I thought, you know, fuck the news what's crazier than that right um so you know what i mean let's get into some other shit and um yeah and then on the other end we'll have another little chat because yo i've got some thoughts about some stuff you know so saturday the 19th saw the first UFC event of the year and the first UFC fight night of the ESPN era that took place at um, the Barclays Arena in Brooklyn, New York. And it was a fantastic card. You know, it like when when you look at all the fights that took place, you kind of had a feeling that it would be good, that it would be decent, but goddamn, it 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 really delivered, and like the first fight that was um, ah, uh, it was chant. Reconteer v Kyle Stewart. Woo! Oh my god. Raconteur was so damn slick. So damn slick, you know. He 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 was tenacious with the takedown. And and Stewart just didn't seem to know how to get away. Like, you know, he left he left the underhook in, he, he, he left the hook on his leg, and, 
yeah, that was his downfall because, you know, he got up once, then he got dragged back down. And once he got dragged back down the second time, that was it. You know, he, he had he he had a grip on the hand, under, but he let it go. As soon as he let it go, went straight under the chin. The choke was in. And, uh, yeah, Rackenteer comes away with the win. Um, great submission. The next fight, Bahal Muhammad v. Jeff Neal. And, um, whoa, this, this was a good fight. You know, Jeff, um, Jeff Neal is undefeated in the UFC. And he really showed some great boxing skills, some great movement, some some good distance game, being able to come in, punch, and then move back out. Um, Muhammad w- w- was always there. He, he was always coming forward. He was always throwing, even to, you know, late in the third round. But, he was clearly outgunned on his feet. There's, you know, Neil was just landing repeatedly on him and staggering him on numerous occasions. Yeah, it was a great performance and um, a, an extremely clear decision win for Jeff Neil. Uh, and. So those two fights were on the um, early prelims and they were uh, headed out with Dennis Bermudez v. T. Edwards. And I think Bermudez was coming off of four back-to-back defeats. And, you know, at, at the beginning... This fight seemed like it was going to go Edward's way. But Bermudez just suddenly, he suddenly just found his feet. He's found his game. He's found his distance and just took over on Edwards and just, just took Edwards apart. Edwards, like he, he just had nothing for him, you know, from... Putting Bermudez in trouble early in the first round, you know, it then got to a point where you just was like, is Bermudez going to finish Edwards? Like, it went the distance, but Bermudez was a clear winner. And at the end of the fight, he um, left his gloves in the ring. He retired, like, which was... A, 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 just a, a really emotional moment because he was able to go out with a win. He was able to go out the way he wanted, you know. Um, and and it was in New York, so it, you know it's in his home state. He, uh, yeah, after four back to back losses, he was able to finish. On, on a really good performance, which was great. We then go into the prelims, 
And the first fight was Marie Mario Batista v. Corey Sanhagen. And Sanhagen is a beast. Oh my gosh. He was just, just way too much for Batista. Way too much. And I, I, there was no point of the fight where you thought, oh, he might be in trouble. And he just, yeah, he was just stringing, like, um, submission attempts together. And you just was like, yeah, he's definitely going to get one of these will land. And it did. It was just, a, yeah, it was quick. You know, three minutes, three and about three half minutes into the first round. Yeah, he subbed and wind. It was a great performance. And I think it really um, helped show what um, San Hagen is uh, capable of. We then have um, Alonso Medifield against um, Vicenzas Alves. Uh, like Medifield, you know. It was it wasn't a long fight. Medifield won by TKO in the first round. Like extremely powerful. Good good range. It's still hard to tell though how far he could go. Because Alvarez was never never really challenging him. Minifield he it's you know it wasn't a performance where you were like, oh my god, like he he looked good, he was dominant, but he, even in this win you could still see holes in his game. So I think he he does need to move along um slowly, but who knows what could happen with him. Then I have um, Jojo Calderwood against Arena Lipsky. And I mean, Lipsky, you know, it's her first fight in the UFC, but she was the um, the betting favourite in this one. And um, when it started, you know, I, I, I really thought that Lipsky was looking sharp. You know, she looked sharp. She looked like she might take Calderwood apart. You know, she looked like she was hitting with the harder punches, everything like that. But it was weird in the first round, like towards the end of the first round. Calderwood just started getting her combinations together. And it was about throwing in bunches. You know, Lipsky was... Like more a one, two, and done. Calderwood was throwing combinations, always ending with the kick, throwing knees, and it just discouraged Lipsky. And then it just threw her, and she it was just like she she lost the thread of her game, and that was it. And Calderwood just pieced her apart. You know, and and won a clear decision. 
So it was a it was a very good performance by Calderwood, but with you know with this performance, it although it was a good rally, it was a good um, kind of reaffirmation of who she is. It still had holes in the game, so you know it it, it still wasn't a performance that. Make, would make you think that she could challenge Valentina Chips Kenchko for the belt, and the um the final fight of the prelims was Donald Cowboy Cerrone against Alexander the Great Hernandez, and oh my gosh, for the lead up to this fight, Hernandez was talking so much smack. Against Cerrone, that like he's too old, he's too slow, you know, he he he's um not focused, or like all of this and more. And Hernandez started off really quick, was landing on Cowboy, and I think there was there was some clear moment where it looked like he hurt Cowboy. Especially to the body, but the problem was, he he was throwing he threw a one punch or one kick to the body, and then it was like he was admiring his work, and so he never capitalized. He didn't then push more, and that could have been his downfall because Cowboy just suddenly. It was weird. It was suddenly like everything clicked on. Everything clicked on. And he just took it up like three levels. Three levels. And went to work on Hernandez. Throwing sharp combinations. Coming in. And throwing a knee up all the time as he came in. To come in. Throw a knee, one, two, kick, or one, two, knee, and it and it was these in and out move sharp combinations with the knee that just seemed to throw Hernandez completely out of his game. And oh my gosh, I think the knee was the start of the of the end. Because uh, he caught Hernandez and Hernandez just didn't know what to do. And he landed a kick. It was partly blocked. But, hey, it, it, it just put him on um, on wobbly legs. And Cerrone just jumped him and finished him. So, a, a, a great moment for Cowboy's return to 155 pounds. He looks sharp. It's going to be interesting to see who's matched up in the next fight. But we know it's going to be in the top. Probably the top five. Probably the top five. So, we then go to the main card. And the first fight is Glover Kachira against Carl Robertson. And it's just strange because Robertson looked like he had Tashira's number to start with. He was looking good. 
looking really good. But Tashira took him down. And once Tashira took him down, I think that was basically it. Robertson didn't seem to know how to get up. And, um, yeah, it, it ended. It was so weird because, yeah, as I said, look, the fight started off and it looked like Robertson was going to take this one. And then just, you know, we were about halfway through the first round and, yeah, Tashira took him down and just had his way. And, you know, subbed him out. Subbed him out, man. So, yeah, Tashira rolled back the years. You know, it, like, he, he, he's not going to be a contender. But, hey, he, he, you know, he's not bowing out anytime soon, it would seem. We next had Paige Van Sant against Rachel Olshevich. And, um, yeah, this was a scrappy fight. You know, only went two rounds. But, like, Olshevich was looking good. She was looking really good. She took Paige down and was looking like she was controlling things. But, you know, went towards the end of the second round, and, um, yeah, like, Paige was able to, um, yeah, she, she threw up an arm bar, um, tried to take Rachel's, then transition, tried to take Rachel's back, looked like, Rachel, you know, it looked like Paige was too high, and Rachel was gonna be able to shake her off, but I think the problem was, Rachel wasn't quick enough, she just, she waited just a second too long, and, um, yeah, so Paige was able to get an armbar finish, and, ooh, looked like a, uh, looked like a nasty one as well, so, we'll, we'll see how, um, Olshevich comes away from this one, if, you know, if she, um, injured her shoulder or not. Uh, we then had jo- Joseph Benavides against Dustin Ortiz. Um, you know, the first fight, it, it, it was kind of close, but Benavides clearly won. I think this fight, it wasn't even close. I think Benavides just was in control from beginning to the end. Like Ortiz, you know, he he tried, you know, at at no point did he, you know, like, just give up in this one. But Benavides just had this all the way through. So, yeah, it was a uh, clear decision win for Benavides. We then had Gregor Gregor Gillespie against Yancey Medeiros. Um, Yeah. This was clearly Gillespie. Like, it was so clearly Gillespie. Madeira's landed one punch all fight. It it was... I don't know if it was because Madeira's just cut too much. You know, the cut from 170 to 155, if that was too much. You know? Like, he, he made the weight. He looked fine making the weight, but... How much was his body depleted going into the ring? Because he did not look the same, you know, 
foot to the pedal Yancey Medeiros that we have seen in fights against Cowboy as, as you know we've seen against Oliveira you know it, it just didn't seem like the same Medeiros so um yeah Gillespie was able to um you know get mount and then just ground and pound him to um a TKO win early in the second round. Uh then we had the co main event, Greg Hardy against Alan Crowder. Uh, this I mean Hardy just seemed to be trying to throw um and land with the big punch, but at no point Really did Crowder seem like he was completely taking control. So, we were in the second round. Um, halfway through. Uh, it, it, like, Crowder had gone down. He was on his one knee. And Hardy threw a knee at his head. Landed it as well. Uh, it, you know, it, I feel it was a clear mistake from Hardy because he just hasn't got the rounds, hasn't got the fight IQ yet. But, uh, yeah, this one got called off as a disqualification because Crowder couldn't continue. So, yeah, Hardy disqualified. And I think if that was it, I, you you would have just gone out with a bad taste in your mouth from this night. But the last fight, the main event, TJ Dillashaw, Tyler Jeffrey Dillashaw, dropped down from 135 pounds to champion at 135 pounds to challenge for Henry the Messenger Sahujo's 125 pounds title. You know, and the lead up to this, all the build up, so um, Dillashaw was talking so much smack. So much like how he was going to disrespect Sahudo, How he was going to take his belt. Take his gold medal. And shut down the flyweight division. Um, but. Oh my god. This fight. I Because no one had. Um, no one had Henry to win this fight really. Everyone just felt that TJ was going to take it. Because TJ had more tools. You know, he's kicking. He's unorthodox movement. He's punching. He's angles. So no one thought that Sahudo was going to swarm him. And take him out with punches in 32 seconds. That's right, people. 32 seconds, the messenger sent a clear message that, hey, the flyweights, you know, they, 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 they've got room here, they, you know, they should be left to do their thing, 
and um, you know TJ can't come down to try and take that belt because it wasn't gonna happen. So, like you could definitely say that it was an early stoppage. You know, I think that's a fair thing to say, but I think it's also a, a fair thing to say that TJ was clearly, clearly all over the place, was clearly dazed, but it was a championship fight, so you would kind of hope that the ref would, you know, I feel give the fighter a little bit extra because they're going for a belt, but even if that had happened, I don't know if TJ would have got out. Don't know if he would have got out of the trouble because he definitely looked hurt. He definitely looked wobbled. He definitely looked like he wasn't quite sure what the hell was going on. But it was a fantastic performance from Henry Cejudo. And I think this really then took the night back to an extremely high level, yeah, like, just complete shock, complete excitement, and, um, yeah, an extremely fun time was had, a great card, and a great first, an ESP event for the UFC in Brooklyn, yeah, whole lot of fun. So, Friday the 18th of January saw Netflix release season two of The Punisher. Um, and there was, you know, a lot of the um, cast from the first season returned. John Bernthal was um, playing Frank. Ben Barnes as Billy Russo, Jason R. Moore as Curtis Hoyle. Uh, but we had um, a few new characters, um, like Florina Lima as Krista Dumont, uh, as one of the main noticeable ones. Oh, and Amber Rose Reaver was back as Dina Madani. Um, one of the uh, things about season two was um, it starts out of New York, which I think is the biggest strength of season two. The fact that it wasn't in New York, it's set somewhere different. And so it sets a new tone for everything. And that's really interesting. I think the other strength of season two is its exploration of the psyche. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, because, you know, with Billy Russo, Ben Barnes' character, in the comic Jigsaw who um Russo essentially is Jigsaw's face is just 
a complete mess. It's, you know, like it says on the tin, like a jigsaw. But with, um, you know, this version of things, instead of, you know, making the face a jigsaw, they made his psyche a jigsaw. So, you know, he's in hospital. We we have him in hospital getting um, rehabilitation through therapy. And he's trying to piece together what happened, trying to work out who he is. And as the episodes go on, there's a, a that's a constant thing the fighting against who he is who he wants to be who what he remembers you know and then the justifications for why he did the things he does did the things he did um why even though when he finds out the truth, he's still not to blame, it's still not his fault, it must be someone else's fault, and this constant struggle, this constant internal fight is played extremely well, and you know, you see the flare-ups of rage, you see the, I think the, um, the, the hunt for solace and uh, Barnes really um, I think he shows this really well and that's the strength and we also kind of see this with Frank there's definitely um, some conflict you know trying to take care of Rachel Amber and um Kurt, you know, he's he's trying to work out I think who he still is. You know, like he's trying not to lose himself in everything. Remember like why he's doing what he's doing. You know, like Make sure he doesn't completely lose himself to everything. So sort of reassure himself that, you know, did his wife actually know who he was? Like, would she like him if she knew who he was? You know, so the, 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 it's these constant questions that are being asked. And as I said, look, that's the strength. I think the problem is there's a lot of weaknesses. As I said, look, when it's out of New York, it's different, it's a bit fresh, and it's very enjoyable. The moment the story gets back to New York, it it, it does get a little bit tired at times. And, and one of the big things is, so, you know, you, you see Frank's reasoning for helping... Rachel, Amber, but then after that first point, he, like, she's always complaining, like, oh, tell me, what, who are you, what are you doing, blah, 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 she's never honest, 
and even like to like you know we're virtually at the end when people say oh so what's your deal she won't tell anyone but she rails at other people she steals from other people and only there's only one point in the um season that frank says to her you're not innocent you know yeah your friends died but you knew what you were doing you got in this to scam so yeah yeah you're not clean but he only said that once and essentially you know she is to blame for a lot of the stuff that happens like as i said look no she you know she shouldn't be killed her friend shouldn't die but they set out to do fraud you know they set out to extort and ink look you know what happens when you push certain people in a certain way so they were just looking to make money there's no you know there's no excuse but her character was never you know it 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 was never kind of brought to task really for these things all the way through like she was just a bit of a victim and she kept on putting herself in the most ridiculous situations when it happened at the again at the very end i was just thinking to myself i just you know it'd be good for her just to be shot be good for her to be shot you know she's very irritating uh i felt like her character as well was blatantly young blatantly young but there was times when it seemed she was sexualized which yeah bit creepy bit creepy um I think with um, Christina's character, I was just a bit, the full motivations for what she does, a bit foggy, really, you know, the reasoning doesn't make any sense, that's one of the, uh, another frustrating point I find, with this season, like, she does the thing she's doing, but you're like, but why, why would she do this stuff, it doesn't make sense, so you're kind of left scratching your heads with it, and that's the thing I find, there's a lot of stuff that make, leaves you scratching your head, like, at the very end, not the very, very end, but there's a bit, and you think, oh, okay, after all of that, after everything that he does, he gets to walk, really? He gets to, really? You know, uh, which doesn't make any sense. So there's a lot of things that kind of make you, make you wonder what's going on. You know, 
like the situation with um, Russo and his women. That very frustrate because it's it's just a bit like you know what's the chances this is gonna happen twice? You know this will happen twice. Two freaky chicks twice. You know, and he, he, you know, he's doing what he's doing at the beginning, and suddenly all these people are following. But, but what's their justification for just blatantly following? There's not one. So there's a lot that is left for um. Well, it's it's in the air. Yeah, it's in the air and you're just kind of meant to suspend belief that all of these things would just happen the way they happen. Because in the first season, you could see the justifications. You could see why these things would happen. In the second season, not so much. And one weird situation was with um, Mahoney. So Detective Sergeant Brett Mahoney is back in season two. And a lot of the motivations of his character make no sense because when we see him in Daredevil, um... He's letting Daredevil get away with a lot of shit. So, to then have him here, kind of trying to act all holier than thou, is a bit like, wait, huh? This makes no sense. Why would he then be doing this when, you know, just a little time ago in Hell's Kitchen... He was turning a blind eye. So, yeah, there's there's these weird conflicts in season two that leave you disappointed. You know, as I said, look, the exploration of the psyche is very interesting. You know, the, the first, oh, two... I think two, three episodes are interesting because they're not in New York. But then we're just in a situation that's just... It's just lacking motivation. It's it's lacking plausibility. Now, it's not to say there's not some really good moments. There are good moments in this. There's definitely a lot of stuff that make you, oh, oh, that's just, mmm, damn. But there's too much in here that has you rolling your eyes. So, it's okay. You know, I definitely think it's one of the weaker Marvel series is on Netflix But it's definitely not really a touch on season one Which was 
so damn good. So damn good. Yeah. But, you know, I still found it better than the two episodes of Titans that I tried to watch. Uh, um, Yeah, look, if you enjoyed season one, give it a go. You know, it, it's... As I said, look, it's it's one of the weaker things from from the whole Marvel Netflix collaboration, but it's still better than a lot of stuff on TV right now. You know, so yeah, if you're a Marvel diehard, you of course you're gonna give it a go. But if you like a bit of violence, hey, you'll enjoy this as well. Okay, so that's Marvel's The Punisher Season 2 on Netflix. Oh, and I imagine that in a, in a week or so, we'll get an announcement that The Punisher has been cancelled. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so we are um, on book five of the Rivers of London series. So this is... Foxglove Summer, um, and as with all the others, it's um, another book by Ben Aranovich, uh, read by Kobner Holbrook-Smith, okay, so in the fifth of his best-selling series, Ben Aranovich takes Peter Grant out of whatever comfort zone he might have found, and takes him out of London to a small village in Hertfordshire, where the local police are reluctant to admit that there might be a supernatural element to the disappearance of some local children. But while you can take the London copper out of London, you can't take the London out of the copper. Travelling west with Beverly Brook, Peter soon finds himself caught up in deep mystery and having to tackle local cops and local gods. And what's more, all the shops are closed by 4pm. Oh man, that is so true. It's the thing that always caught me off guard whenever I go out of London. I just think, all right, yeah, you know, uh, boy, I'm just gonna, uh, I'll just chill for a bit. We'll go and do this. We we'll got, we can go eat at blah 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 clock, and then you, then you go into town, and you find that all the restaurants have shut or are shutting, and your choices are um, few and far between. But um, yeah. This, <laughs> and this, I think one of the funny things about this book is the, um, is those kind of differences for Peter being used to having so much at his fingertips in the folly and in London itself. So then being out in the countryside and yeah, just all the weirdness that comes from it. And especially with um, the uh, geniality of your food. Like, I, that that was a huge thing 
like back a, a few years back, you know, and they'd be like, well, the um the cow that is making this steak, they were from the local field and blah 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 blah, blah. and you're just like Jesus, what this is so arsy, you know what I mean? And it all got a bit crazy, and that's the kind of things that Peter is finding and thinking. Okay, how do I? How do I navigate around all of this? Um, I think at first I I was a bit disappointed because with the way Broken Homes finishes, you 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 want that shit to be addressed. You know what I mean? You're just like, um, <laughs> why are we in the countryside? I need to know. Look. We need to, what's happening? What is the Leslie situation here, people? You know, I, it, that's one of the big things that kind of grabs you. But I have to say, I do like the fact that it doesn't come up straight away. You know, you like it, it takes a while for that to kind of, hit you with this book and you know so Beverly takes Peter to task about it tries to help him but I think one of the uh, craziest bits of this book is I'll give you a year god damn it when that line is uttered it's just like Fuck. Oh my god. What the hell is gonna come? What's happening? This is insane. Oh. <laughs> like, where is this going, man? What kind of shit? Like, what? What? Ah, oh, you know, that was one of the best lines of this book. But. It's it it seems that the um the more Peter finds out about the world of magic in which he is you know stepped into the crazier it is and the um <laughs> the more befuddled he is with it all you know it it's just like Hey, he just found out that um, um, orcs and um, goblins, should I say goblins, are a thing. So, it, it, it's just, now, could, could magical horses be a thing? Is that the next thing? It's just like, you know, it's so weird because, the, you know, because as with, um, I think, the last book, you're not quite sure if magic is involved at first. And so there's a few comments that are made and it's just like, ugh, well, that's just, well, that's a bit stupid, isn't it? That doesn't make any sense. And then as the book goes on, you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> right. Now, yeah, now, now, yeah, that makes sense. 
Okay, yeah, we see where this is going. And it's going in an odd place. Um, so, yeah, I, as I said, look, at first I, I wasn't sure because I'm a bit like, man, I need this address now. But then I think as things progress, you're like, well, there's a few things happen in this book. Firstly, we have the, um, we, <laughs> you know, what I just mentioned. So we have that that happens. So you're like, oh, god damn it. That was dope. And then I think we, we're introduced to more people from the wizarding world so not just the you know magical creatures and the fey element of things but we learn a bit more about Gettysburg and you know people that were a part of Gettysburg and an unapologetic part of Gettysburg, which I thought, you know, because I think with some of these things, it can be, and I feel ashamed by my acts, and blah, 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 and it was just like, nope, not ashamed, and it was just like, you know what, that, I'm glad, because I think you, it would have diminished the book a bit, you would have been a bit disappointed if you had had that element in this so you know we're, we're, we're learning more as we go on but we also it's just more questions some more questions are coming up something happens in this book though that I think it's just like ah I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad that happened because I think it's been building for a little while. As I say, like I'm rereading, but I, I you know, because it's been so long since I've read these books that yeah, there's bits that you forget. So when you get come when you know you come across the certain bits again, you're just like, ah, oh, I forgot how happy that made me when I came, when I read that. So yeah, like look the there's some nice things happen in this book that you've been waiting for for a while. There's more Fae that we're introduced to. There's more magicing, magical people we're introduced to. We get some Leslie um, updates. We get one killer line. You know, this book has got a lot of elements in it that are going to make you happy. So, I would definitely say Foxglove, Foxgrove Summer. Foxgrove uh, Summer is, is very fulfilling. It, it's probably one of the slower burns probably takes a little bit longer than even than broken homes to get started but the payoff is extremely worthwhile so yeah you're not going to be disappointed 
I don't think I have to sell this to you anymore. It's not going to be like, well, if you like this, you're like, no, 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 no. Look, if you've got to this point, you're in. You're in. And you're not going to be disappointed. So, uh, yeah, what are you waiting for? Fox Club Summer. Get you some. So, I decided to go back to the world of Jackson Lamb with my second book this week i picked up real tigers by mick heron read by gerald doyle which is the third book in the slough house series london slough house is where disgraced mi5 operatives are reassigned to spend the rest of their spy careers pushing paper when one of these slow horses is kidnapped by a former soldier bent on revenge, the agents must breach the defences of Regent's Park to steal valuable intel in exchange for their comrade's safety. The kidnapping is only the tip of the iceberg, however, as the agents uncover a larger web of intrigue that involves not only a group of private mercenaries but also the highest authorities in the security service after years spent as the lowest on the totem pole the slow horses suddenly find themselves caught in the midst of a conspiracy that threatens not only the future of slough house but of mi5 itself this is kind of a crazy book because I think every time these slow horses have the opportunity to shine, they don't do very well. This is what we have found in the first two books. You know, they they try their hardest to um, succeed and yet they they you know win through but it seems more by chance than anything else and um yeah it w- it would seem that's the case with this one as well because when one of them is kidnapped it's like they did all the wrong things you know, there, there was opportunities for them to escape. But, yeah, they kind of fluff everything and end up putting themselves exactly where the kidnappers want them. But, yeah, so they've kidnapped. Then they put the, um, you know, the message out to their colleagues and again, instead of doing what's the protocol, they, um, yeah, they go right into the, um, the hands of the kidnappers, which is crazy. But <laughs> I guess if they followed procedure, we'd have a short book. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting because we think, okay, these are the machinations of 
just a twisted person looking for a power grab. But then we're like, oh, okay. It's not just one person. Wait, is there two power grabs going on here? And then we're like, wait, no, there's three power. Wait, is this a swerve or is it a power? Who's making the power grab? I'm confused. And then all of this falls apart. So then we're just like, what the fuck is going on here? Is everything just goes insane. And, you know, you're still kind of like, I'm, I'm a bit confused. Wait, who is pulling whose strings? And I think this is the thing. It's just like, there's so much happening that you're really just you're just confused, like, you you don't know which is up and which is down here, which is good, because I think if it had just been the the straight flim-flam, you might just be a bit like, ah, we've kind of seen this in the previous books, but the fact that it's um, play on play on play makes it very interesting, and I think also we haven't seen the complete depravity of Jackson Lamb. You know, we are shown that he will do some bullshit here. Because I think what we found in the previous books is that, you know, although he... um you know, ridicules his staff, he, he will try and get them out of these predicaments, but then this book shows something else, which I think was needed for this series to still have legs, because if it had gone the way of the other books, We'd be like, but we see the, we, we, you know, we see the template. It's just, this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, and then everything's going to get tidied up, and it's all going to be ba-bum-bum. So, for the book to go the way it goes, this needed to happen, and it keeps you interested. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to see what might happen in book four because yeah I think with what happens happens a lot could change going forward and if that is the case this is going to be an even more interesting series than it currently is which is great so I would say, look, if you are a fan of a um, a story that you really have no clue where it's going, and you're a fan of crime, then you will definitely be all over this, because this isn't James Bond, <laughs> this definitely is not James Bond, um... 
so yeah it's not George Smiley either you know the, the, this this definitely is a new take on the service um I could probably do without the oh he's farting he's because it does make it a bit more it, it, it does you know I think it does the story a disservice but other than that you know that is it's a very interesting story it keeps you guessing and um yeah that's what you want so i'd say look if if you enjoyed the first two books but are a bit worried it might be falling into a template trust me this this book you know puts the pigeon within the um cats or whatever the saying is you know you know the saying put it here because this is where it is needed so yes this is um real tigers book three in the slough house series by mick heron um and yeah, I think if you like the others, you're going to dig this one for sure. Okay, so, yeah. You know, uh, look, that they that was my views on The Punisher Season 2. But, that like, the, the one of the big things, though, that jumped at me was the whole situation with Russo. You know, it was just like... In the first season, Madani is is all crazy. It this season, it's um Kirsten's all crazy, and both of these chicks are into this freaky, like beat me up sex. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, look, ain't judging because yeah, pe people like freaky shit but what are the chances two chicks on the row for this dude i i just thought look they could have played it a little differently you know what i mean and that's like the both times these chicks are all like they're crazy but crazy in like whatever you want billy we'll ride for you billy we'll do this for you billy we got you billy and i have not come across that crazy for sure like you mean i've come across i've come across crazy i've definitely come across crazy i mean <laughs> yo I, I i i i i was kind of dating this chick one time and we're having a discussion and she's like um like she was telling me this crazy like how she um she likes to get this guy to come clean her house but he comes but he comes and cleans it naked and she's just like yeah it's just nice watching a guy clean the house naked i'm like all right whatever whatever you like man <laughs> you know what i mean i don't care but then she's just like, you know, I've been thinking about some different stuff. I'm like, okay, what, what, what? Tell me. And she's like, um, well, I don't know. Can I say this? And she's like, I'm like, yeah, of course, say whatever. I ain't gonna judge you, you know what I mean? And she's just like, all right, well, um, 
I'm kind of, I'm kind, been kind of thinking about, like, you know, peeing. I'm like, well, you, you, you got a bad, like, you feeling ill? She's like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't know, water sports. And, like, like this this was back in the day i was very naive back in the day so i'm just like oh shit yeah 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 no i've you know what i've i've been on a jet ski but um you know i'd like to do uh the 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 windsurfing and um and she's like no 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 water sports i'm like yeah that's what i just said i've been on a jet she's like no water sports it's when you pee on someone i'm like Oh shit, nah, <laughs> that ain't me, <laughs> I'm like, you want me to pee on you, I'm like, I, I, I'm not really down with that, I don't, I, I just, yeah, that's just not me girl, that's not me, and she's like, oh no, I don't want you to pee on me, I want to pee on you, I'm like, no, like, I can't think of anything worse than you peeing on me. And I, I, it's just like, what are you, what's going through your mind? And she's just like, um, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm like, has someone, like, have you done this before? She's like, uh, well, one time, and, um, and the guy asked me to shit on him one time, and I was just like, oh, okay, and, but you, as I said, look, back then, I was naive as a motherfucker, and so, I didn't even think, right, warning signs, get out, get out, get the fuck out and um so yeah i i i stuck around for a minute and that all went a bit crazy that all went a bit crazy uh yeah and um oh what some other crazy shit oh <laughs> some like this one girl um wanted to have sex in front of a rabbit like yeah I don't, I don't know, it's, yeah, it's just weird, just some weird shit, I, I, I don't know what you would call that, I, I really don't know what you would call that, I mean, that's some weird ass peep show, you know what I mean, <laughs> it's just like, what, <laughs> I know rabbits like carrots and shit, but what the fuck, son, but, um, yeah, but that's the thing, it's just like, it, it, it's, it's, I've not come across, I've never met the good, the real good crazy, the crazy, but I'll ride for you crazy, you know, like, I remember one time some girl was like, I want you to, I want you to hit me, I, like when we're having sex, I want you to hit me, I'm like, I am not hitting you. Like, what kind of, no, I'm just like, you know what I mean, it feels, even if you're like, I, I hit you, but I just hit you soft, yeah, no, no, like, I have no depth perception, you know what I mean, so, like, 
the amount of times I've hit people in the face by accident, like when we used to play rugby at school, like you have to, some of the weird warm up shit that you had to do and be like, you do press ups and then you have to, when you come up, you, you hit, hit each other's hand and I just misjudge and like you boom and you smack and it's just like, ugh. And then sparring martial arts. So I'm just like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to hit a chick because she wants to get off like that. It's just crazy. See, crazy. But in these in these TV shows, in these films, it seems they want to romanticize the shit. They want to be like, oh, yeah, how sexy is this? When a chick wants you to put her through a wall and then you just fuck her brains out afterwards. I mean, like, no, it really doesn't do anything for me, man. It's just weird. And... The other thing about, like, this season of um, Punisher, like, with the, the whole shit with Amy. Now, as I said, Amy was an annoying irritation all the way through. But, like, at the beginning, it really seemed that they were trying to sex her up a little. And, but the minute I saw her, I'm just like, yo, she's... This is weird, but she's blatantly young. And you kind of think, you, you see shit like that, and you just say, I do not understand pedos. You know what I mean? Because that does nothing for, like, I don't know how that does anything for you. You know what I mean? How, how like, a, a kid can... can can just excite you, can turn you on. It's just like, oh, it's just weird as fuck, man. Like, and you can always spot a young kid. Always spot a young kid. Like back in the day when we used to do a lot of club shit, you know what I mean? It's like the youngsters would always, tr they'd always be trying too hard. So they're always like wearing too much makeup. Or they're wearing clothes that are just ridiculously revealing and weird. So you always, like, you just look at them and you just be like, man, that's some underage shit. And it was always funny as well. Like, when I worked at the cinema, man, like, you'd have these little girls come and be like, yeah, we're trying to get into the 18. And you'd be like... Um, how old are you? They're like, yeah, now I'm 18. I turned 18 uh, last month. And you be like, nah, get the fuck out of here. Because it's always blatant. Always blatant. But yeah, I just don't. I, I, just, I don't understand how it, 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 it's some sort of turn on. It's just the weirdest shit. The weirdest shit. <sighs> and... Like, Russo was a crazy motherfucker, but when he killed that, I don't know, if that dude was a priest at the beginning, you're kind of thinking, I am glad he did that. Because that dude, yo, that was getting very uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It's just like, hey, whoa, whoa, and you're, and you're coming over now, Billy, because your face is all fucked up. Now, what well, you you you're uh, you know you're up for anything, are you? Because your friends, you know, they appreciated me. 
they appreciated me, but you wouldn't. You know, yeah, well, well, I liked them. I just showed them how I really like them. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? I don't need this shit. I'm, I'm just trying to relax, man. I'm not trying to watch some crazy, freaky motherfucking shit. But goddamn. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like... Yeah, sometimes there's just some weird shit on TV, you know? And it just makes you think. It's just like... What goes through people's minds? Yeah. What the fuck goes through people's minds? And also, you're like... What is the writer like? You know what I mean? Because it's just like... Someone's had to write this. So... What's up with that twisted little motherfucker? You know what I mean? Because, woo, I you know what I, mean? I I can write a story, but the you know there's certain things, and you just think, nah, <laughs> ain't going there. That's just yeah, that's too messed up. But fuck, what are you gonna do, man? What are you gonna do? But um, yeah, okay. I think we can um, get on to some, just some entertainment, we'll do the entertainment news, little, what's happening on in the, in the TV world, and then we can bounce for another week, you know what I mean, but yeah, I don't know, it's been fun, right, um, so yeah, alright people, let's close this, let's close this down, right, Okay, people, so we've reached that time again. Um, I'm tired, man. It's been, um, yeah, it's been a long week so far. So we're going to just do a little bit of news and then we're dusting. All right. So the Sci-Fi Channel has renewed its... um, Fantasy drama series The Magicians For a fifth fifth season And um, Producer Henry Alonzo Meyer Will also join Sarah Gamble And and John McMurrara As showrunners For the new season Um So no word is when the fifth season will start production or um, will air But, you know, I imagine it will probably be next year sometime And finally, we will end with some Game of Thrones news Now, we all know that the season 8 is the last season um, and it's going to be made up of six episodes Now I think the word from a, a while back Was that each episode was going to be two hours in length um, There was a recent meeting with cinemas in France And supposedly um, You know, running time of the episodes was spoken about And it's being claimed that the first two episodes will be 60 minutes each and the last two 80 minutes each but not the middle two 
So, you know, I, this, none of this is confirmed. Um, you know, as I said, look, a while ago, they were saying that they were going to be two hours each. But, um, you know, all we do know is April the 14th, Game of Thrones is back. Oh, yeah. And people, that's this done for another week echoes from the void hey have fun and we'll see you same time same place next week keep it real people